Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Midgar Minute for our Crisis Core finale. Oh my god. Right? It came upon us so quick. We're we're finally Uh, here. We're finally here. So, as always, I'm Nick, joined by the great co-host Chris. Chris, how's your day going? Oh, it's going wonderful, Nick. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm doing so great, and I'm glad we take the time to fill ourselves in on how our day's going because we don't talk for like an hour or anything over Skype before we do these. No, so no, that's crazy. I don't it's know what really you're good about. that we give ourselves these first 30 <laughs> seconds to, to really get back and just touch generalize it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, 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 listen. We mm. all have people we need to thank in our lives and us here yes. at the Midgar Minute, we have to thank the Mosey Gang. Ooh. Those that donate monthly to keep the Midgar Minute pumping, keep us going, have us will incentivize us to bear through Dirge of Cerberus in the future. Oh, but no. Another conversation for another and day. maybe a baby before Crisis, too. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Mobile no. games. But listen, listen. They at least deserve for their names to be read aloud. So big. I think, I think so. I think so. So big thank you to Cameron, Brienne, Jillian, Kyle, Charlotte, Scott, Kevin, AJ, Sam, Danny, and... Oh, a new Mosey Gang member. Oh, no. Garrett. Garrett. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you so much, Garrett. Seriously. And if you haven't already, uh, we'll either reach out to you soon or you'll reach out to us. We're going to get you in that Discord, Garrett, so you can grace the memes and have some nonsense talk with us and the Mosey Gang. <laughs> uh, if any of this piques your talk interest. Talk about Spice Girls. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> well, listen, if that piques your the interest. obligatory mention. That, that one's for you, Jill and Bree. <laughs> which was which was your which was your preferred spice girl again uh posh spice posh spice yeah yeah they got you started early man but anyway <laughs> anyway if any of that piques your interest or you want to throw a couple gill our way there's always a link in our episode descriptions and in our social media profiles but as we always say and i'm sure you're tired of hearing there's no need for you to do that we're happy to just no. have you as a listener we have we just have fun just sitting here talking mess about genesis that's what genesis. it's all about really <laughs> which which you know what you know we're gonna have some kind at least i'm gonna have some kind words for genesis today yeah we might we might walk back our fuck genesis dump of last episode well i'll tell you one thing i'm definitely not walking back is the character was designed to be unoriginal i will say yeah, he was that. designed to job exactly um <laughs> a but cheap imitation but he's a character who really does peak at the end and who knows right you always have to take a japanese game with a grain of salt because who knows how much the localization team just didn't know how to convey there might be a lot going on with genesis that isn't properly conveyed but yeah but we have to do with what we're given and what we got was a bunch of loveless a bunch <laughs> of that's, loveless. that's about it and we'll we'll get into loveless and talk about that and try to ponder what We'll ponder what they were going for. Not sure mm. what it'll be exactly, but listen, Chris, would you like to lead us off? Where did we end last time? I felt like we ended around uh, finding out that the Angeo lookalike was Lazard. Yes, and that was pretty. That's pretty much uh, where we left off at, and it was kind of weird that like uh, that. I don't understand why they chose to do this, because um, it seems. I think you know what. I now I'm actually thinking I feel like it's be, it's so that they can have him in this finale section but not it, oh it's not really Angel but you know we have a guy that looks like him so it's kind of well, the same Hear me out hear me out I think what they're getting at here 
is that whatever cells you're predisposed to take or whatever they inject you with, you inevitably start to morph into that, right? Because think about Advent children. that They were all mm. like Kaj, like they were all Sephiroth larvae who are eventually going to turn into him over time. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's the case for all of these like soldier genetics. I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting... Well, it seems because from what we've gathered from the stuff that we learned last episode of, like, the S-cells are, like, that's, like, the cream of the crop in terms of, like, Genova cells, That's the good shit. You know, so that, that's the, the pure, uncut Genova. That's top shelf. Um, <laughs> top shelf Genova. Top shelf liqueur. Genova. <laughs> that uh, everybody wants. So I'm wondering if it has, like, special properties. I mean, obviously, we could tell that, you know, because the Project G stuff with uh, Genesis and Angeal, like, their their thing is that they can pass on their genetics or whatever, or they can copy their genetics to monsters or whatever. And that was their whole deal. Whereas, I guess, when Genesis was giving his whole monologue in Nibelheim, is like, oh, well, Project S, they wanted to make this supreme being, I guess, out of it and maybe make it so that, oh, you don't, you know, you don't have, or you can't pass on your stuff. I don't know. It's so, actually kind of unclear now so that I'm another, thinking about it. So here's another random idea. So maybe if the whole idea of taking the the specimen cells slowly morphs you into them, maybe if that's invalid, because I really don't know, maybe yeah. this is in some way a metaphor that Lazard was a monster this whole time. Maybe, but like, I don't, it's one of those things that like, Lazard didn't really do anything. <laughs> throughout the story that's that's the thing that's what makes it feel so weird it's like lazard was you know he's the director of uh soldier as we meet him in the beginning of the game and then he fucks off for all of it and then he comes back and is like hey i'm angeal now and now i feel and then not only on top of that he also is now i am now overcome with angeal's ambitions to save you and save the planet and i'm like all right so lazard was basically nothing then it, it has to make you wonder. Let's poke at that for a second, right? Because maybe mm -hmm. it's not that he was nothing. Yeah. Is it possible that maybe he was compliant in allowing Shinra to take advantage of the soldier Well, program? yeah, here's the thing. Because we don't know really the full story. Because we know that he helped... Um, what's his face? What's it, the other doctor's name? I'm forgetting already. Hollander? That we fought. Hollander, yeah, yeah. He helped Hollander escape Junon for reasons that we don't know. Um, seemingly that we don't know. It's, it's almost like, and I don't know if this is the case, and if anyone who's played the game recently can let us know, is this something that is done through, like, the emails or through, like, some other hidden stuff? You know, because this feels like stuff that would, like, there's uh, there should be a story here, but it's not presented to us in the main game. So I'm wondering if it's something it, it, that it's... It might be. It might be something through, through like, context clues, through, like, other, like, you know, pickups throughout, you know, you pick up journals and stuff like that throughout the game. So maybe, like, that's why I don't want to shit on it too bad because it maybe they do explain it in uh, in some other abstract way in the game. Mm -hmm. But from what we're presented, it's like Lazard literally shows up in the beginning, you know, tells Zack that he's dumb for wanting unattainable well, what he dreams. Is, <laughs> if I could interrupt, Lazard in many ways is, like, the antithesis of Zach's, uh, at least from a from a point of view mm. kind of way, right? Because Zach wants to be the hero, and Lazard's it's Lazard's line who says like, "Oh, the best dreams are the unattainable ones." Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, where how do I put it? It's almost like Lazard was compliant in the fact like he was comfortable living in this world where there were no heroes. Like at yeah. the end of the day, you're always compromised. It's always going to be evil, you know. And maybe that's why. 
the Angeal thing works for him because it's like to adopt Angeal means for Lazar to turn his back on everything he yeah it's like he got he, he got a change of heart if you will yes something along <laughs> those lines yeah he got so yeah it's like because in that you know and this the thing is I feel like because Lazard was just so it, you know not involved in this story that I feel like if he was involved just a little bit more or you know because like I said like we see him in that beginning in the beginning mission and then he disappears and is presumed dead but then I guess he's off running off running around with Hollander getting injected with angeal cells and then he just shows up here at the end imagine there so was nothing like, to it and that him and hollander are just like crackheads just like shooting up angeal in the in that fucking back alley <laughs> yeah and then and it's and it's funny because you know i guess because uh, we I, now i'm realizing more and more how little we know about him and it's like because hollander when he got his cells i mean i wonder if it's because maybe he took it later or something because we were making fun of the fact that hollander had his little baby wing whereas um our boy here he has a, a full-blown white wing instead of hollander's little shitty black wing so i wonder if that's like i don't know maybe you know that like i said it could be a time thing that lazard maybe he got maybe he took the cells earlier and was able to develop fully into Angeal, whereas Hollander might have just, you know, snorted a, a couple, you know, a couple lines of uh, uh, Genesis cells, like, before you see him that, that other time. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a thing. There's a lot, of, you know, come to think of it, there's a lot of stuff in this game that is not properly explained, which makes me wonder how much of it is deliberate and to be like, oh, it doesn't matter, or it's like, ah, maybe they were waiting... Maybe it's explained somewhere else, you know? Maybe it's explained in Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, 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 I get the, the thematic reasons, I guess. But it, for, the, for the justifications of the story, it seems kind of silly. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. But, uh, yeah, we're, um, yeah, so we, we find out that's him. And then we go back to Benora, because that apparently that Benora is where the shit was meant to go down all along. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we find our boy, our boy Genesis down there. Which uh, there's this one, there's one little moment because at this point, you know, Zach. I if I was Zach at this point in the game, I'd be like kind of fed up, and he is kind of fed up with everything. Totally, he has a great line in in the scene later that. It- Really yeah, yeah, that. I know, I know it's exactly the one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but as you know, and we, and before, I should say that we, when we when we look upon Benora, um, and as we remember the last time we were in Benora, it got bombed to shit. Um, you can see now because there's craters everywhere now, and we see the life stream coming up through everything. It actually looks really nice. I kind of like that aesthetic of like seeing the light green hue of the life stream kind of pouring out from the from the planet's surface. But uh, we get this little scene where Zach goes into, I guess, like a cave or something. And he comes across this stuff, um, this like kind of book where I guess maybe Genesis was keeping some like keepsakes or something. And there was like a, I guess, an article or something where, you know, he made uh, he won first prize for his Benora apple juice. <laughs> uh, and he was like, oh, my um you know, he's like, oh, my dream is uh, for my me and my parents to serve um, 
the hero Sephiroth are apples one day. And it's like, Zack, during this whole thing, he's like, wow. And, he, it, you know, and it just seemed to me, it's like, it seemed like a weird juxtaposition at this point of, like, him to be, he still cares about Genesis to the point where he's like, oh, well, this is actually kind of interesting. And from our perspective, kind of like what we were saying earlier, it's like, this actually is the first time I feel like they're trying to humanize Genesis. And in Which, this scene in particular, they do a brilliant job where you're like, well, had you done this in the first half of this game, I'd be in <laughs> tears at this scene. Yeah, and it's like, you know, something where it's like we kind of, you know, we know through Angeal that Genesis, you know, at one time he was just a regular kid, you know, yes. or seemingly, you know, it's like he had a normal childhood growing up or as normal as he can have, I guess. Um, and it's, yeah. And it's like, it's so weird for them to include this sort of thing, like at right at the end of the game, <laughs> right. When you're about to, you know, have your big final boss fight with him. And it just seemed like, yeah. Like, why couldn't we have gotten that when we came to Benora the first time? Yeah. It goes to show you, and this is why, and like, we'll get into this and maybe talk about this on another episode, but it's like, it's starting to look more and more like Genesis's return in remake is inevitable. Mm -hmm. Um, and look, I think there's a lot to the character that's redeeming. I think there's a lot to the character that could be done very well. I just think Crisis Core, in many ways, mishandles him in the first half primarily. Yeah, he's very. Yeah. It feels very underbaked, and like, because we were kind of talking earlier, and it's like Genesis to me. Whenever I think about him in my head, you know, from you know all these years that you know I've I've thought about him, it's like I always think, oh, he's just a shitty Sephiroth. Like, that's kind of like they were, he was trying to be Sephiroth, and like, that's all beta, I remembered beta about the Sephiroth. character, right? Beta yeah, Sephiroth. Yeah, it's like, yeah. The Sephiroth at home. I love using that reference. I don't know why. Um, it's, it's a, I love those memes. Mom and Dad, um, we want Sephiroth, but honey, we have Sephiroth, <laughs> Sephiroth at, home. at home. Sephiroth at home. When the War of the Beast brings about <laughs> the world's end. <laughs> Jillian, I hope you're listening. That one's on you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I feel conflicted at this point about Genesis because from this point forward, they actually try to actually give him something to do other than just quote loveless. And, and you see how amazing it could, it could be. Exactly. So it feels like they didn't really know until the end of the game. Like, Oh yeah. Now that all the other characters are dead or slash dying. <laughs> now we can focus on Genesis. Oh, Sephiroth's out of the picture and Jill's out of the picture. You know, clouds knocked out over there. You know, oh, so yeah, I guess we can. Oh, yeah. What about Genesis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's make it. Let's turn him into a real boy. <laughs> Honestly, you know what I think he. You know what I think he suffers from is. You know, Sephiroth is Sephiroth, right? We all love him. We all love the character. He steals mm -hmm. the show whenever he's on screen. And Jill, like, don't get me wrong. If Genesis is in part two, I'm excited to see them do it right. But man, if we could reintroduce Angeal. There's so much mm -hmm. that could be just be done with the, the fact that, like, both Zack and Cloud are rooted in Angeal. Like, their yeah. legacy all stems from Angeal. There's so much that could be done with this character that if we're going to get Genesis in the next part of Remake, I really hope Angeal gets his due diligence. I mean, because we kind of, I feel like we talked about it either on the last episode or one of the recent ones, where it's like we were talking about, you know, oh, how they could kind of leave Genesis out of Remake if they wanted to, if that was a reason why. You know, we haven't gotten a, a, a re-release of Crisis Core because of Gact and all that stuff. But now with this, I'm like, uh, 
I don't know. It's like it would be interesting to see because, you know, obviously Angeal, I feel like, is a kind of a a staple character at this point. Um, Angeal is, is way more important to the plot than Genesis. Right. Yeah, and it's something that if they were to let Genesis go and not be part of the, the story moving forward, it's understandable. But if they did that with Angeal, that sense. would make less sense. Yeah, because it it's like... He's literally, that's where the Buster Sword came from, you know? It's like, that's kind of, it's kind of a big deal, you know? even And that's the thing is, I feel like Angeal also is kind of um, underbaked in this story as well. And I, I understand, you know, it's a, this is a, a overall smaller game, right, than, yeah. than OG. Oh, I just wanted to round out my point. Sorry. Sure. Sorry, but yeah. I guess what I was going to say is, I think Genesis just suffers from being stuck in the middle between Angeal and Sephiroth. And then when mm-hmm. Angeal's gone, he's stuck in the middle between Zack and Sephiroth. And it's like, dude, you're just the bronze medal every time, and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and even because, like, even when it comes down to his, uh, you know, his goals in this game, where it's literally up until the very end, where he doesn't even know what he's looking after, you know, or, well, it's alluded, it's potential that he did know what he was looking after this whole time. But Well, he's here's the problem, right? The, here's part of the tragedy of Genesis, is he's taken the play of Loveless so to heart and follows it, like, bibic, biblically, mm. and it's a story with no end. It's like, dude, yeah. you literally picked the story <laughs> without a resolve yeah. to, to model your being after. Like, where did you think this was going to go? <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, you know, because we're at the point now where he's like, you know, I, you know, the whole point of Genesis in this game is trying to figure out a cure for his degradation, right? The gift of the goddess. The gift, of, and he all he knows is that the gift of the goddess will stop the degradation, and the the only problem is is that he doesn't know what the gift of the goddess is, <laughs> and it's so much to the point where I mean, in last episode, he thought it was the S cells. You know, he's like, oh, we're going to eat a bit of Zach's hair and it'll be fine. But actually, that didn't work, and it actually worked the opposite way. Yep. Or that's what it seemed like. Compatible. Yeah. So and then it's at the very, uh, at the very end here. Yeah, I think I think we could probably just skip on ahead to to when we meet up with Genesis here because uh, you know there's the not mo- a lot going on in between. Uh, and you know what's funny is that this there's this whole like dungeon sequence before you go fight him, and there's a bunch of puzzles that are surprise surprise Loveless related. <laughs> it's like even 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 your dungeon is like like come on man, I get it. You you're you like Loveless, okay? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, what, what does he say when, when we meet up with him, uh, the, the gift of the gift of the goddess so, is... Okay, okay, so I got it, I got it. When the war of the beast brings about the world's end, the goddess descends from the sky. Wings of light and dark spread afar, she guides us to bliss, she guides us to bliss, her gift everlasting. Now, that's worth saying... In Loveless, that excerpt is considered the prologue, just mm-hmm. like Crisis Core to FF7. So I feel like the reason why he's repeated this one primarily is that yeah. this is, in a sense, telling the story of Crisis Core. Right, right. I, I, I'm sorry. I keep I keep giggling because I remember there was a thing that I wanted to bring up when we're talking to Genesis here. And, you know, he's saying, oh, yes, the gift of the goddess is this Minerva statue that is only found in Benora and blah, blah, blah. And then Zach goes, well, I thought the I thought the S cells were the gift. <laughs> and then uh, Genesis replies was there are multiple interpretations. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really, really? That, out of out of everything else, it's like 
Yeah, no shit. It's like that. The, the whole interpretation thing was the problem. And I like how he's just like, yeah, well, you know. Well, I, I was, again, it's look, just a different interpretation. We compare, it depends uh, from a certain point of view. I was right all along <laughs> kind of thing. You and, know? and here's my thing. It's like if Genesis is designed to just be unoriginal, I actually kind mm. of love this about him. Like if yeah. this is all on purpose, I kind of love this about him. Because look, you have yeah, he, lo- yeah, he, yeah. Go ahead. He, yeah, I was gonna say that he, he like decided to basically become this uh, this sort of person that is like, yeah, I'm gonna this whole loveless thing is gonna be my shtick, and even if it fucks everything up, I'm gonna stick with it. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with it, and I'm gonna warp my my perception of reality around self affirming my choice and like em- embodying this. And also somehow trying to trick my friend, my soldier friends into joining me for some reason. And look, we talk about it all the time. Square's pretty deliberate with this kind of stuff. And that's why I pause and like, as much as I have this love-hate thing going on with Genesis, (laughs) it's like there's the part of me that goes, well, what's being delivered here? Okay, so the Loveless, Mm. the play Loveless and FF7 have many parallels. And uh, you know, we were discussing this in the pre-roll, but it's like what Loveless and FF7 have in common is that there's real there's really no final chapter, right? Like when you think about FF7 OG, it while the ending is awesome as someone who loved the ending, quote unquote the ending, it's very mm-hmm. ambiguous, it's very inconclusive with little winks and hints about what the truth is. Leaving mm-hmm. it open to multiple mm-hmm. interpretations. Interpretation. There are many interpret you know. So it's like this kind of works that Genesis is just going to warp this around what he believes because it's open because the ending is open and because it's open to many interpretations. It means he can just paste his bullshit onto the template. Yeah. And it's like literally. And also, you know, as we're, you know, having this conversation with him, uh, which is very reminiscent of like the Northern Cave, which is something that I uh, had brought up in the in the in our pre-roll uh, conversation. And it's like, yeah, this kind of cements, and he has his wing out, he, and his hair is all white now. So he literally looks like a the poor man's Sephiroth at this point. But we have Sephiroth at home. <laughs> it's literally, it literally is. And it's like, um, it's so, it just, that was so funny to me. And this was before, obviously, because I, I was still, as I was watching this, and I still had my shitty opinions on uh, Genesis, um, you know, I'm just being like, man, come on. <laughs> Like how they're not even trying that he's trying like he wanted to be Sephiroth so bad that they're going to try and emulate that all the way up until the final boss fight. Um, you know, which I got to say, I, I, I kind of do looking back on it now. I do kind of appreciate that they they were kind of letting that go all the way to the end. And then at the very end, they're like, ah, mm, he he's more than that. I mean, it sucks that we didn't get to see more of that, but it's like they gave us the, the old switcheroo at the end, the old bait and switch of like, oh, you thought he was a sorry replacement for Sephiroth. And he kind of was for the most part, but not really. Not, not, not always. Exactly. Not forever. <laughs> so, look, I want to. Can we talk about the prologue of Loveless for a second? Sure. So let me know if you're hearing what I'm hearing. What I'm So when the War of the Beasts brings about the world's end. The goddess descends from the sky. So when I'm hearing mm-hmm. that, believe it or not, I'm wondering, right? The goddess. What if this is all a misinterpretation and that's talking about Genova? You know, who I, fell from the sure. sky, right? 
Then you for have sure, yeah. wings of light and dark spread afar. The white wing and the black wing. The white wing and the black wing. And then we have she guides us to bliss, her gift everlasting. What if that's all mm. like, how do I put it? I don't know. When you think about the goddess descends from the sky and how that parallels with Genova. She guides us to bliss. Well, her- to be fair, I mean, that's kind of what Genova did to Sephiroth, kind of. Yeah. She gave him his true purpose or whatever, right? Or what he thinks is his true purpose and mm-hmm. whatever. And that to him, that's probably the happiest he's ever been. <laughs> I, even though, you know, he's a murdering psychopath, you know. But he's he's happy that he's now he knows his position in life. You know, he has his purpose as, you know, the inheritor of the planet or whatever. Right. And, like, let's skip ahead a little bit. We'll come back to it and talk about it in a more broad text. But, like, essentially we get to a point where Minerva actually descends from the sky when like it's like it's like almost genesis was being teased that the prologue was right all along when the war Mm -hmm. of the beast brings about the world's end the the beast being him and jeel sephiroth call like because he confirms Mm -hmm. they're all monsters that's the way genesis Mm -hmm. sees himself we're all fucking monsters the goddess descends from the sky after this fight with zach down comes minerva wings of light and here's where things get Really fucked up for Genesis. Wings of light and dark spread afar. She guides us to bliss, her gift everlasting. No. We got the first part right. War of the beast, mm-hmm. goddess descends from the sky. But now, correct me if I'm wrong, she took away Genesis's wing and left she him did. there purposeless in the dark. Yeah. And basically, he's like, oh, yeah, you can, you know, I, you know, you can have your, you know, whatever. You came all this way for this thing, and it ended up being kind of nothing right it's like she gave him she gave him a little bit of something because that's a thing. I, maybe the that, that it's like you could take it with real like i don't want to get i don't want to go too far down this road but sort of sure like take it with real religion or real spirituality like you shouldn't be praying to a god asking for favors you know a- asking for mm-hmm. those sort of things it's like the truth is like you're left to your own devices because you're powerful enough and you're supposed to have that faith to sort of move forward it's like right. the trick is Minerva's not going to give you your purpose. Minerva's not going to give you your wings. Minerva <laughs> can't do any job. of that for you. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the evil of it all is that, like, but Genova will. Yeah, oh, Genova, Genova will give yeah. you your wings. Genova will give you will do, will do give you what you want. So long as, like, yeah. you, in a sense, kind of just submit to Genova. Kind of yeah. how Sephiroth this has. Like, do Genova's mm-hmm. bidding. Make her rule the planet. And you'll... You'll, you'll have your purpose. You'll finally have meaning. Have you won't everything. just be Hojo's science experiment anymore. You'll be the marching soldier to bring in a new world. Mm-hmm. And uh, Genesis uh, was never chosen right for that. Of, right atop the planet across the galaxy. Yeah. And that's what that's what Genesis wanted. That's why he wanted to be Sephiroth, in, in a sense, mm. because he would be given that gift of a purpose. He'd be given the gift of the Black Wing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But instead, Minerva, the real goddess in play here, Left you without your wings and purposeless. And actually, hold on a second, because after okay, so basically, you know, we at this point we're gonna be where we fight Genesis, right? And is he transforms into this monster thing? Yes. And all the while, by the way, Zach is telling him no. Like he's actually he's still trying to be like no, you're still one of us, and he's still trying to stop him from making any mistakes. But after you defeat him, uh, he has a vision of Minerva and he holds his arms out like he's about to embrace her. Right. Or she's going to embrace him rather. But then she kind of gives him a little weird look and then plunges him into darkness. 
It's really sad, she actually. Looks very but sad. But what happens after that is that he's completely normal looking after that. Yeah. He looks like his normal self after that. So I'm wondering if this thing that he had, he finally got to where he was going up to, and then Minerva's like, no, this ain't you, man, and then sent him back to... Because I guess he was probably supposed to die, which, you know, like he... Yes. It's like kind of ambiguous if he does or he doesn't, but he doesn't. Um, so I feel like she's giving him this other lease on life almost, and maybe that's what changes him. To be like, oh, yeah, why did I want to be Sephiroth? Like, why, I should have been trying to be, like, my own guy Well, I think instead. what, it, And I think you're you're really onto something there, because I think what it exposed is that, like, Genesis never really knew what he wanted at the end of the day, right? Because what did he yeah. want? He wanted the degradation to stop. But then he got yeah. to a certain point where he kind of just wanted to die. He, he kind of mm-hmm. wanted to just move on with Minerva. Like you said, he was ready to, he had his arms open to embrace Minerva and move on. And Minerva kind of gave him that look like, I just got rid of your degradation, but it you're still you're still pining for me. You're still, still too young, my son. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're, you're you must have much more to learn. Yeah. Much to learn you still have. So <laughs> I just she just opened her mouth and just talk, was talking. Oh my god, if she sounded like that, I'd actually I'd be horrified. But no, it's very interesting. And I guess there are many interpretations to what all this means, I guess, you know? There are yeah. many interpretations, but it just it's very, it's very peculiar, I should say. Yeah, peculiar. Peculiar. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, and I, yeah, again, that that scene of him approaching Minerva and that look in his face when she's like, nah. When she says nah, no, bro. He's, oh my god, it kills me. She's like, what? Yeah, and then the, the then the, the statue breaks and everything. That's like, yep, yeah, like all you came for, you know, like he he technically got what he wanted at the end. He did stop the degradation, but. You know, also, I guess he got a new lease. He had a misunderstanding of what bliss was. Okay, bliss wasn't as simple as living. Bliss Mm. wasn't as simple as stopping the degradation. Bliss was having a purpose. He felt like he was going to have a purpose if he got to move on with Minerva. But again, it's like Minerva gave him what he wanted. It's like the whole prologue goes according to his plan until the end. You know, goddess right. descends from the sky, wings of light and dark spread afar. He had his wing. It's ready to go. She guides us to bliss, her gift everlasting. That mm-hmm. last part didn't pan out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I it's so funny to me because yeah, I keep thinking back on it. I was like, they really. Like, I wonder because part of me makes me wonder of how much of this was stuff that they had planned ahead of time. Like this, because I get the feeling that this is meant to be a bait and switch moment of like, oh, you thought that Genesis was this one thing, but he's actually something else. But the thing is, is that we don't really get to see what he's turning into yet, you know, or like what he potentially could turn into. And that's why I think when we were saying before that we hope that he's in remake, we hope that he's in in remake because we want to see that. We want to see potentially what the what the, you know hero genesis would be like and well hero as in you know good guy i guess you know or he is in a sense that this is part of what makes him interesting i think this is part of what makes him fall flat in crisis core it's like if we continue with what you're going on right Mm. if you follow the hero's journey he's at the part where the hero dies and is reborn that's literally what happened so it's like you got you get cut off on genesis arc halfway through 
You're at the mm. death and rebirth part in the underworld. And you kind of get cut off right there. I'm with you where it's like, I want to see that second half where he plays the Phoenix that rises from the flames. Yeah, and and, and another thing I, I forgot to mention, it's just on the little line uh, when we first uh, run into him. Uh, when he says, when Zach's walking up on him and he says, you, you have succeeded Angel's spirit and are in, in, imbibed with uh, Sephiroth's cells. And he's like, oh, the three friends come together at last again. Or the, or the three friends are reunited once again. And you got to remember that for all this stuff that's been going on, you know, because we're we were we've been so focused on Zach this whole time because obviously he's the main character of this story. But you got to remember also that, uh, you know, they were and Genesis's friends too. You know, it's like he watched. I mean, I don't know if he. It seems like he might not necessarily care about it. Because especially with that last run-in with Sephiroth, he seemed like he, he wanted to use him for his cells, and that was about it. But I, So I wonder if there is actually, if he actually feels any sort of remorse, because he also kind of was re- the one responsible for killing Angeal as well. Yep. You know, because ultimately through his through him getting Angeal to, to come over to his side is ultimately what killed him. So I wonder if there's any bit of that, you know, if there's like a little bit of guilt or anything, and that's that's the, that's the stuff I'm talking about. It's like we don't really get to see any of that stuff. You, I mean, you kind of in the scene that's coming up here, when uh, we we get we kind of get the squad back together, almost kind of, um, you know, where he's he kind of seems like he's sort of laments he, he laments it a little bit. You know, it's like he yeah. kind of feels maybe like, yeah, maybe I went a little too far. <laughs> you know, which is kind of definitely not something that Sephiroth ever did. Sephiroth was very much like, yeah, I'm going to kill those people. <laughs> yeah, they deserve to die. And I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> Even though they've done literally nothing to me. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. The ultimate protest is taking it out on the innocent. I guess, right? Taking it out on the guilty is too obvious. Yeah. If you truly have a disdain for being, you take it out on the innocent. Yeah, because, you know, then you're a full piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we, we got this scene now. Okay, so basically from this point on, this game is being uh, specifically engineered to um, hit us in the feels. Yeah. Okay? So we're, we carry Genesis's body out of this cave, right? To, I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is the main, this is, this is the big tree, that the big Benora tree that used to be on um Genesis's family's property, right? The tree that was of kind knowledge, of, you might say. Yeah, the one that that you know when Angel first told us about dumb apples, that that one that oh my friend's family had the biggest one in all the in all of Benora, and I think that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of blown up and shitty looking now, but I think that's what it's supposed to be. And we have Cloud and uh, Angel Lizard, <laughs> the Angel Lizard. Um, sitting there which is weird because that the, the cloud's just sitting on it on a chair in the middle of an empty space it's kind of it's kind of a weird Bro, it's setup it's such a it, morbid setup it's just like it feels ugh. so it, it feels it, you know what it actually kind of feels like very stage play like <laughs> in a lot of ways in a lot of ways which is yeah kind of funny um but yeah we we uh learned from lazard that they were attacked by shinra and that's why they came out here and uh, then he also said, oh, we had some help uh, from our friend over here. And we look over to see that it is the Angeal monster 
that was watching over Aerith. Not in just the any Angeal monster. A, a mm. doge. A doge. Mm. Mm. And he notices. And then uh, in the most kind of inexplicable, like, the idea, like, and once Zach realizes that it's the same one, he immediately starts breaking out into tears. Which I feel like is, like, such a... Uh, it's just like it to me. It felt like it was a moment where he just kind of remembered all that, you know. It's like maybe oh, he's like remembering oh, and then because at this point, and it's something that I didn't realize until we're about to find out that Zach doesn't know that they've been gone for five years. You know that, yeah. So I think it's and it's almost it seems kind of weird. It's like oh, because to him this might be only a few weeks ago that he was with Aerith and and this this monster thing in the church, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously this whole time he's been thinking about Aerith and it's kind of, she's been his main driving force. But, and we'll, and we're about to see because as, um, you know, as he's realizing this stuff and he's kind of breaking down and then, uh, Lazard, uh, passes on and so does this, the, the Angel copy, uh, dog, but it had something and I knew right away that it had something, uh, kind of attached to its leg. Because it kind of it looked a little weird mm-hmm. in the cutscene. I'm like, hmm, that seems a little odd. And uh, the thing that it had... Oh, wait, am I, am I skipping too far ahead here? Does he not read the note yet? No, I don't think he reads oh, the note. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, yeah. no, because... All right, yeah, I am skipping a little too far ahead. Um, yeah, so they have... I, I guess Zach then decides this is a good time for all... It's kind of a really sad scene, too, of, like, he gets dumb apples for everybody... Um, you know, he gives one to Cloud, who is unconscious. He gives one to Lazard, who is now dead, and gives one to Genesis, who I thought was dead, but he's not. Um, and they're like, "All right, let's eat." <laughs> and then uh, it's kind—it's of, so weird because they're all, you know, it's Cloud sitting basically for just to set up the visual for people listening. Cloud is sitting in like this wooden chair, right, and to, on the ground on his left is Lazard and on the his right side is Genesis and they're both sitting on the ground with their backs facing cloud. And it's like I like I said it's it seems like it's almost referencing something and I don't know what I don't it, know if, if it's it referencing, referencing something, something but I'll continue I'll continue with my little thing of the whole um this is the, the garden state. of Eden all over again. Yeah. And these mm-hmm. are four men who have taken in who or, who have or are destined to take in enough knowledge to knock them out of paradise. Genesis being yeah. one, we just literally watched it, and Teal yeah. being another when he finds out like what he is and what was done to his mother. You know, we got Zach, who that one's pretty on the nose. You know, mm-hmm. maybe being a hero is unattainable. I don't know. And uh, and, and Cloud, Cloud, who when he comes who, to, when, yeah, we'll when he get comes to, <laughs> he'll get his comeuppance at some point. Some point. <laughs> that that damn Cloud. Uh, <laughs> um, and we got well. There was a line here. That Genesis says, uh, "How's it we taste?" Can, yeah, how's it taste? And uh, you can actually—I'm actually now look because I'm watching this now. He really does kind of look like he's upset. And he said, "And you know, he said, oh, Angel, the dream came true.' Do you know what that is referencing?" Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Because this is this is right before the Lazard Angel 
fades into goes basically into the live stream all right so dream is mentioned twice in loveless that's how we're literally going to do this to get in this guy's fucking head all right so here we go <laughs> that's how genesis operates so why should we in act two <laughs> dreams of the morrow hath the shattered soul pride is lost wings stripped away wait the end is nigh well i think that might be the one that he's referring to <laughs> Or I well, well it's listen, the other one... listen. I'll tell you Act Four, and it kind of confirms the same thing. In Act Four, we have my friend. The fates are cruel. There are no dreams. No honor remains. The arrow has left the bow of the goddess. Oh, okay. That mm, that one feels a little bit more poignant to what's actually going on. Yes. I mean, they both sounded, but that one especially seems like really on the nose. And knowing Genesis, Ooh. and it's funny because. Oh, oh god. What happened? What happened? No, what, you're... what did you stumble? Okay, okay. This might spiral us, but it kinda it might make sense. It might make okay. sense. It might make sense. Okay. Alright. Okay. So if like we're in the act four right now, right? Yeah. That what mm -hmm. we just read is act four. The play ends in act five. And we all know how Crisis Core ends, right? Mm -hmm. But now listen to this final act and think <laughs> about remake. Even Nothing. if tomorrow is barren of promises, nothing shall forestall my return. To become the dew that quenches the land, to spare the sands, the seas, the skies, I offer thee this silent sacrifice. Which is the line... I feel like... Because this is Genesis is... He's been... He said that prior to this, I feel like. Yes, or he's been saying pieces of it. Before. No, he's recited least... uh, everything he recites. There's there's six things here. There's the prologue and the five acts, and all this is all he recites periodically throughout the whole game. Yes. So yeah, it, and I think that it's kind of interesting that he that becomes the de facto end, as we see uh, later on that it becomes the de facto end act of Loveless. Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, it's totally, and I, it's definitely very symbolic of not just, um, I mean, it, it's pretty symbolic of Genesis himself, but I, at the I'm, same time, I'm on the, I'm on the wavelength that this is symbolic of Zach and yeah, remake. That's what I was, what I was going to say. It's a little yeah. bit more, you know, cause it, I, some of it might be a little literal, but I think, you know, it's pretty good. Um, it's a pretty good comparison I mean, some you know, like, uh, you know, they become the dew that quenches the land. Well, when you, you know, think like about that, the, the rain. that the planet chose Zach, like, you know, when mm. we think about killing fate and what was chosen to be different, like the planet chose Zach to become the dew that quenches the land to spare the sands, the seas, the skies. And he offers his silent sacrifice of, you know, throwing himself. If he dies, basically. if he dies, I feel like that kind of confirms it. If Zack dies yeah. in the remake in some sort of sacrifice, sacrificial form, I feel like that kind of conf kind of confirms. Kind it. of, yeah. Or who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a different ending to Loveless. <laughs> maybe well, this they'll is that. that's the thing. This Act Five, while it might mirror the end of Crisis Core, it's not supposed to be the end of Loveless because there is no end to Loveless. This right. this is. Just oh, so, okay. So uh, I wonder then if Loveless, the final act of Loveless. Remake is Act Six. <laughs> well, because remember, remember what Genesis said earlier. It's all up to interpretation. 
facts. So the end. So the end of Loveless is never meant to be a, an actual finite thing. It's supposed to be whatever you want it to be. Mm. Fuck. Ah. Fuck. Ah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know. Maybe see Genesis. It's not just boy, boobs come, and swords, ladies and gentlemen. Coming in, uh, <laughs> coming in hot at the end of the fucking video yeah, game. Where the fuck was all of this for the last fucking <laughs> like ten hours? Where was this Genesis in first inning, huh? Like seriously, <laughs> seriously, like they backloaded all at the fucking end, and it's like I see. This is why it's like, even though I prefer Genesis not to be in remake, even though that's what I prefer. Mm-hmm. There's something be... with this character that can be done. Yes, like, and I think I, I think well, if he's not if he's not directly involved in the game, I could see him his influence being felt somewhere. You know what I mean? Maybe if it's not exactly Genesis, or I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yo, but... what if that? But here's where all the possibilities get endless. And I'm glad that when we do these things, we can always tie them back to remake. But mm-hmm. maybe maybe. <laughs> Maybe Zach is working with Genesis, you know? Yeah. Kind of makes you know, more we, sense. We, Remember as, we always talked about Zach has the network to make it work? When you think about the fact here that Genesis never really died or went away, he was just taken away by Shinra, means mm-hmm. he's still in the deck. Like, he's still yeah. a card among the deck. Like, like he's still hanging out. SNG types. Hmm. Hmm. It's like, yeah, we can get it. You know, we could take some of Genesis's hair. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. We could just make another one. Which is interesting. It's weird that huh. Well, I guess we wouldn't have had a chance to really see any clones cuz Shinra, you know, I guess they kind of maybe went away from, you know, after their top soldier went on a fucking killing spree and tried to blow up the planet, uh maybe they're like, "Yeah, maybe we should stop fucking with soldiers." <laughs> Maybe Rufus was like, ah, maybe, maybe this whole soldier, maybe the Turks are where it's at, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe let's. But maybe, I really maybe think that's kind of what happened, though. Yeah, and that, I was like, because I was thinking, I'm like, whoa, we never, we never see any other Genesis clones. I mean, maybe in remake we'll see Genesis clones. Yo, imagine Roche some... was Genesis the whole time. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. That'd be so crazy. I, I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Actually, I wouldn't like it. I would love. For just a, a quick side note, I would love for Roche. I would love him to be his own guy, his own character, the kind of guy that like if we ever went to go back to his his parents' houses, that they both have his same hairstyle, and they're both exactly the same as him. Yeah, it's just the dad is personality. Roche. The dad is Roche with a beard, and like the mom yeah. is like Roche just with more feminine features. Yeah, yeah. I that's 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 my ideal like image of Roche. And that, I hope I hope it's never taken out of i hope they never do anything else than that with him no if, they, Roche, if they're gonna bring him back this is what i'm saying like i hope it won't i hope they eventually build a party of like roche johnny and don corneo like like even if we only get to play as that for like an for like a half Team hour villain. like just do it even if you just slipped it in there for a half hour just be, do it oh god that would be insane but uh okay i don't want to i don't want to <laughs> I don't want to. Do, I don't want to stray too far, because we still we still have a, a decent little bit here let's to talk it about. In. Yeah, let's rein it in. So, <clears throat> back to you know we're having a, we're all having good fun time here. Let's let's get sad people. Um, so yeah. So after this, uh, it Lazard disappears, and then the 
and Jill Monster disappears. And we find out that Aerith was has been writing Zach letters all this time. Whoa. And she's like, Oh, you know, I don't even know. I've been sending I've been writing you letters all this time, but I don't even know where to send them. And that she hopes that this final letter to him finds its way to him. Which I I I wonder then if that the angel monster that was like she tied it to its leg and it said go find him and then they just found him now i mean i'm assuming that's how we're supposed to interpret that but no you're 100 percent right she doesn't know where else to send him because we find yeah. out later that she was sending him to shinra like song has at least gotten his hands on him mm-hmm. um but she kind of figured all right 88 late letters later maybe song isn't doing this for me so mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah here, here you go. And then, yeah, then we see that it's been four years since she's seen him last. And uh, also that the flowers are selling really well. Aww. <laughs> and they make everyone so happy. And then Zach has a moment of, what the fuck? <laughs> it's been four years. <laughs> what do you mean final? I love I love that when he when he yells that into the into the sky. Because he's like, nah, fuck that. I love like, no, I love I mean, He's reborn. He's got purpose again. He got out of the mm-hmm. mess. And it's and it's interesting because for him, if he if if I was Zach and I heard, you know, oh, I've been I've been in this coma for four or five years, and Aerith just sent me a letter, my final letter, or her final letter. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So for him, like, to him, Zach could possibly think that she, maybe something bad happened to her. You know? Because yeah. we don't know. Because the only other people that he knows that he can trust that know about her is Sung. And I guess the other Turks as well. But, you know, he's the only one, Sung is the only one that he ever talked to about her. You know, and we don't, he doesn't know if Sung's around or whatever. So he, because I guess up until a few moments ago, Zach thought that it was only a week had passed since the Nibelheim incident and not five years. So like, I'd be, I'd be going crazy right now. I'd be like, wait, wait, what, what does that mean? (laughs) Like what? And so, yeah, now he has a reignited purpose of, uh, you know, going to see Aerith. I mean, that was kind of, that was his purpose. You know, he kind of decided that before, uh, before when we left Nibelheim and he's like, uh, you know what cloud, I got to go back. I got to go back to Midgar. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like we could go, you know, we should literally go anywhere else but Midgar, but I need to go back and at least see Aerith. I'm, you know, I'm, it'd be kind of cool. I also, I would love to have a game of just like uh, Zach Cloud and Aerith having their, you know, they all become like bounty hunters or something and they're like <laughs> roaming, roaming the lands <laughs> and uh, doing their own thing. But uh, yeah, oh, fuck, man. It's so it's so heavy, <laughs> all this stuff. Oh, they go and, hard. Uh, We're only just getting started here. Yeah, and they, yeah, right after that, then we get greeted by um, a Shinra helicopter coming in to uh, pick up Genesis, and uh, some guys that we don't know who they are, but they're dressed in first class soldier gear, mm-hmm. and they're you know, talking about oh. You, will this subject become our brother? And we had talked about that we thought initially that this was um, the Advent children. Uh, you know, uh, Laws and 
Yazu? I, I I always forget their names. They're, they're on their Kadaj. Isn't one Kadaj? Kadaj. Yazu and something something else but anyways yeah we thought it was that but after some research and i also as i looked it up i remembered oh this is a dirge of cerberus thing because genesis only ever appears in dirge of cerberus and that in like an after credits scene like he's not even a big part of dirge of Cerberus. he just kind of right. shows up in the end and be like ah yes i'm remembered me gat um <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's weird that they were even trying to set something up here. And this could be a thing that, you know, hey, if um, if we're changing the end of Crisis Core, this could be another thing that's changed, potentially. Because for, for all we know is that a lot of this entire game might not have happened, at least not in the same way that we think it to happen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In this in this new continuity. So it'd be in, that's that's what I'm most interested about. Like, I want to see the rippling effects of what happened here. Cause like it ultimately Zach still ends up facing all those Shinra troops and, but he just survives. But then, so does that mean everything before then still happened the way that we see it here? Or I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's something that I'm super duper interested to see. And uh, yeah, we never get to see these guys faces by the way, but it seems like they both might be Angeal copies. But we, it's kind of hard to tell because we don't see their faces, mm -hmm. um, and it's a it's a fucking PSP game. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then we get to see you know Genesis is reading the Act Five of Loveless um, as the this piece of paper is flapping across the, the breeze, mm -hmm. and then it lands on the chair where Clyde was sitting on, and then that verse, and then we we see that the paper is. Loveless uh, the, and all of its acts. And then at the very bottom, it gets filled in with that last act five that we, that Genesis has, was reading out to us before, mm -hmm. which, you know, on its face is pretty dumb. <laughs> I got to admit, it's pretty dumb a little bit. And you, you see like the live stream, you know, come over and write on the fucking paper. It's a little silly. It's a little silly, but you know, I think for the purposes of this game and to give like a send off to this character, sure, mm -hmm. whatever, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm fine. I'm fine with it really. But, uh, yeah, if, 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 if listeners at home, if you go watch this scene, it's, it's pretty dumb, but they try their best. I think it could be done better with, I guess, a more up to date engine. Yeah, I guess. Well, I think the thing that really sends me over the edge is that when, you know, uh, when he's about to finish up and then a black feather f flies across the page and then Loveless is written on the bottom of the page. And I'm like, oh, that seems a little on the nose, but all right, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, I get the feeling like we're missing something before we continue. I, is this or something else? I'm trying to think. I'm trying I feel to like think there was another too. thing. I don't know, because there was something when we were talking about something else before. I, I had this like nagging suspicion in the back Wait, of my head. Wait, I take we it back. Something. The Act Five poem is about Genesis. Mm. I take yeah, it all back. Had... I take it all back. Because yeah, because that Act Five gets written on the paper here. Yeah. Right. So and it's like you know, we, and if you look at the you know, we were I'm I'm reading it off the wiki here, and that's what they have is the I, I didn't read. Uh, any of the like the pretext or anything, but they that's what it has. That Act Five, uh, the yeah, you know, none nothing shall forestall my return. That is seemingly the official. I mean, I guess they they haven't reapproached 
this loveless this whole loveless thing. So I guess technically we're supposed to believe that this is like the canon Act Five. But I personally, I still think that Act Five is whatever you want it to be, and that is just there are Genesis's many version. Yeah, Genesis's version of the ending. Um, but I w- again, I would love to see them uh, reapproach that one day and and give us maybe a little bit more clarification on it. Honestly, I think they'd be making a big mistake. As much as we've talked about, if he were to come back and remake, we want him to say things that aren't quoting Loveless. No, no, no. I'm not saying I don't want Genesis the character. I know, no, I know that. I'm just saying. <laughs> to, I'm just to, saying. To, to, I'm excusing say myself. Loveless. I'm excusing myself, so I don't sound too hypocritical here. But mm-hmm. when. If he does make an appearance in Remake, the first thing he sh- should say is, even if the morrow is barren of promises, nothing yeah, oh, shall absolutely. forestall my return. That, dude, that is that is some, like, end of the end of a trailer stinger For, shit. You know what yes, I mean? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. like, that should have been something that should have been, like, at the end of the first uh, part of Remake. Where, you know, every, like, you, you hear this voice saying these lines, and then all the characters look around, who's, who's saying that? Who's saying that? And then he comes out from behind a fucking dumb apple tree, holding a fucking dumb apple. He's like, oh, did you miss me? <laughs> I don't know why he has a British accent all of a sudden. All right. My well, name's look, Genesis, it is. Here's the thing. If they do bring him back, he's got to kind of be on our side, or else I don't really uh, think it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, if they make him, if he comes back and he's still a bad guy, that totally it doesn't just make ruins sense. Everything we were just talking about, yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and all that could be thrown out the window, which I hope it's not. I hope that is not the case if they decide to bring him back. Um, but yeah, I don't. I still have that feeling that we're missing something. But I, I feel that we should probably just keep moving forward for now. Yeah, let's do. It. Um, so the next, uh, our next scene here is we get um. Cisne and Sung talking to each other, and uh, Sung being uh, kind of like it, it's. It, we were talking about this before of like Sung actually being like, "Oh yeah, hey, bring them back alive. Like we're going to save Zach's life. Like that's like that's his goal during this." And also, we find out that he has eighty-eight letters to give him, which is like such a. I like want the way this that song it's, back. I want this song back. Yeah, I want. <laughs> I want. I want non-bootlicker song, please. I want good guy song, not Chad song. I don't. I don't like Chad song. I don't like Chad song either. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did, just the way that the whole thing is delivered, and even Cisne is like, ah, oh, you know, uh, you know, I still haven't told him my first name. There's something I Which... wanted to comment on Cisne about. Mm. Is it me? And like maybe you could see this if you go back and watch, or maybe you could recall. I feel like the voice actor tried to make her sound too much like a sweetheart and not like a, a killer with a heart. You know what I mean? I feel like when you look at the dialogue oh, yeah. and the way like she the things that she says, she's it sounds like she's supposed to kind of be this like snarky girl that's a softy underneath it all. Kind of, yeah, but she's kind of, she's very, she's all all around kind of very soft-spoken. Yeah, and I'm not sure, when I look at the lines, like, and even the way the script was written, doesn't quite make a lot of sense. Like, there's a lot of lines that have an exclamation point at the end, where the voice actor kind of read it as, like, cute. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I could see, and I feel like that might be... Maybe that's a director type thing. Or, you know, they, the game of telephone, they, bro. 
you know? Yeah, it's like if they have, you know, it, it all depends because, you know, we don't know, you know, if, if you have, I'm assuming they probably had, you know, uh, English people in the in the studios with these guys, but like a lot of the times well, they'll have. She's a Turk, man. Turks are not sweethearts. <laughs> yeah, you know they they could be they could be sweet. Uh, they can sour. be, but like, like you know what I mean. Kid. They're they're rugged people. Oh, uh, you know a, another one another one for you, Jillian. Sour Patch Turks. Sour Patch Turks. <laughs> My freaking. No, because I'm, I'm, out of the loop I'm like, on this one. They, I was like, oh no, they could be sweet. No, I'm saying that she needs to make First that. First, they're sour, then they're sweet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No, that needs to be a meme that needs to go on the Discord. So that's what I'm calling her out. Oh, okay. Now you got I'm me. calling her up to uh, um, to muster here. Fucking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I I wonder if yeah, that might just be like a weird, you know, the director is like, yeah, just read it like this. Whatever. Who cares. Um, <laughs> you know, our, I, I feel like any game that came from this era and it was originally a Japanese game, I'm always kind of like, uh, maybe they just didn't care about the, the English voice actors as much, you know, or they didn't care about directing them as much or, you know, they're just like, yeah, whatever, read it however you feel like it. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's really interesting to me that they again, bring up Cisne's real name thing. Because this is the last time we see this character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, outside of, I guess, like, you know, the spinoff, some spinoff games here and there. Cisne for Remake. And, and we, yeah, Cisne for Remake. Let's make it a thing. Um, yeah, it, it seems weird. It seems really weird that they bring it up twice. The last, the two last times that we see her, she brings it up. And then they never bring it up again. So here's <laughs> then, the thing, right? So what will a name reveal tell us? Like, is there a name? I don't know. Are there any that's, empty that's names that we don't have a face for? That if we um, hear her name, we'll be like, oh. I, As far as I know now, no. Like, if she came out and was like, oh, my name's, uh, uh, I don't know. Fucking um, Jessica Raspberry. Okay. <laughs> and be like, what? Wait. You're Jesse's sister? Yo, what if one of her names? I mean, oh god, I could be repeating myself, so I'm sorry if anyone's listening. But what if one of her, um, what if her name is one of the Avalanche members that Barrett mentioned? I was just thinking that, and I'm like, wait, because wasn't there a thing about that Jesse had like a a, a, a twin sister that, or something? Well, people called them twins because they got along so well. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> Uh-oh. <laughs> and you see, that's kind of... Uh, and if that ends up being true, right? That confirms that this is supposed to be like a snarky character with a bit of an attitude. If it's Jesse's I mean, twin... Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only thing that's going against it is that she said that she was brought up in Shinra. Or she was raised in Shinra. But to be fair, Jesse's parents worked for Shinra as well. So that might not be a literal so thing. Maybe of like, t- they're... They're top of the plate people. Mm. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. I think if, if we found a good way to bring Sisney back, please. And we don't know her name, so even if that wasn't the intentional thing, that that's something that they could do now if they wanted. Like, just letting you know, Nomura, if you ever listen to this. Nomura Katase, no Jimo, anybody makes these fucking decisions. Yeah, I would love, I would love to have them all sitting in a room listening to us <laughs> talking about. Can you imagine? 
Could you? I would imagine? lose my mind. Could I'd, I'd commit seppuku. I'd just be like, no, I can't. This is not real life anymore. No, they've told us their secret formula. They just rewatch Max's reaction to the announcement. Yeah. They've so told us maybe. Their yeah. Maybe they maybe they really do uh, keep track on uh, you know fans stuff. And I will like, maintain, oh, maybe. dude. I think Square understands internet culture better than most companies. And I'll say, as someone who has a YouTube channel that has used endless Square Enix clips, endless Square Enix music, e- endless, not one, not one mm. copyright strike, not one. Let me tell you something. I made a YouTube video that included twenty seconds of a Dragon Ball Z clip, no sound. Just the oh, visual geez. clip. They took the whole goddamn video from me. So, <laughs> same with Nintendo, by the way. Nintendo always oh, yeah. wants their cut. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, I think Square not only gets it, I think they value these people. Yeah, because it's almost like it's almost like it helps them out in the long run. <laughs> and it's almost like they could use that, you know, for someone like you know having Maximilian's reaction to the remake announcement being used as a tool to like. You know, fire up and motivate the team. Like, that's crazy to think that. You know, it's like, that's that's awesome for everyone involved. And it's like, yeah, that you should be, in, you know, maybe, maybe these companies should engage with their fans more and maybe see what they want so that maybe they can make better products and everyone will be happy because more people will buy them because they'll be like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Papa Square. Thank you. Well, not only that, dude, they let us... They, like, it's just amazing to me. I will say. I will say. I never would have guessed Square would have been such a friendly company when it comes to using their content. But, mm-hmm. like, compared to, like, everything else I've at least seen, it's uh, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. It is it absolutely is, especially in, uh, in today's world, for sure. But, uh, yes, sorry. Yeah, we're, we were talking about um, Song and Cisne here. Um, I, yeah, we were saying that we, we want this song back because he says, you know, we, I want, we're going to save Zach's life. He says that like, we're going to save his life, you know? Mm. And it's, Mm. it's just like something, well, I I mean, obviously that that doesn't happen, but you know, the idea, the, the, the idea that he's like, no, we're going to, we're going to do it. It's like, instead of, cause like, I could totally see like, if Zach did get out of this, I could totally see. All of the turt. Well, oh, huh. what, what? Oh, ooh, ooh. Maybe not Reno and Rue. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's only one Turk who knows how to keep a secret. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Maybe because if, if 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 Zach is still alive, the one person that he would go to, aside from like Kunsol, I guess, would probably be Song. Because he's the last person, and and Cisne, but we don't see Cisne in remake yet, so. Uh, but that's me. the thing. I don't know if this. That's like this. I don't know if this song would have his intentions in mind. Mm. That's why I keep thinking there's only one. Well, that's the thing is that I think maybe if the remake song is pulling the ultimate bluff, maybe remake song is Crisis Core song, and we just don't know yet. Well, song has demonstrated the ability to sort of think in like abstract 4D chess concepts. Yeah, like he kind, he's also kind of aware tro- he's playing a part in a bigger role here. Yeah, for him to try and uh, justify dropping the <laughs> Sector Seven plate, which I think I I don't know. I feel like that scene. 
I mean, I could be reading too much into it, but I feel like that scene was purposely put there to make us not like Sung at all. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, there were some points before we're like, yeah, he seems like kind of a scumbag, but that was the moment where you're like, you're just, are you trying to rationalize this shit where everyone else, even your own subordinates are like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, you know, it's, uh, who knows? Because we don't know yet Rufus and, you know, if Rufus is a, uh, you know, if he's uh, working with uh, Avalanche and Wu-Tai and stuff that we had theorized previously, we don't know how deep that shit goes. You know, and if Sung is his right-hand man, you know, who knows? They could, they, could be, they could be pulling a whole bunch of those shit that we don't know about. Oh, God, my, my brain. <laughs> my brain my brain is melting. But we're almost we're almost there, folks. We're almost there. We're going we're gonna to have this one run long because this is a big, important episode. And uh, I think it's I think it's worth. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth absolutely. And we don't have that much left either. Like we're, no, we're, we're right we're at pre- the edge. We're pretty much right at the end. And 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 good fashion. We get to see our boys, Reno and Rude again. <laughs> we were, literally, I think showed up only one time prior to this is when we first saw them when we were introduced to Cisne. And then uh, Reno was talking shit at us, and I think we've not seen them literally since then. Um, but I like how they're, the, honestly, watching them interact in this in this game, it, they feel a lot like the remake versions of themselves too. Absolutely, I agree with you. They're that same thing where it's like you know, even the you know, uh, you know, uh, Rude's like, you know, uh, there's no job that a Turks can't do or something like that. It's uh, there's no mission that's impossible for. And then Reno says the Turks, right? Yeah, I got it. You know, and I feel like that was a very, there was a very similar moment to that in remake. Maybe not the exact line, but, uh, you know, kind of showing that like these, they've at least stayed consistent with these characters. Well, no, it shows while. that like Rude is willing to play the part, but Reno's a little more vocally dissident. It's like when Rude goes like, we don't negotiate with terrorists. And then Reno looks at him like, dude. Like, come on, you're getting, you're, you're getting, you're having too much fun with this. <laughs> yeah, no. And then obviously we know that Rude has a, a softer side to him too. And I, you know, that's why I think that no, ultimately like. I'm not a bad guy, but sometimes I got to <laughs> do bad all, things. I got to do bad things. <laughs> got like kicking your ass in this little corral uh, and throwing you it into. It's, the, so, it's so like back alley hood. Like yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, I got to do some bad things like, like, it's like fucking a go- it's spinning like a- Aerith around by the legs and throwing <laughs> You literally have a a government agent, a former government agent, and a government hostage. (laughs) Just like in the slums of Midgard, duping it All just fighting each other in this this little, like, little chocobo corral. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, we see, and we we notice that uh, we get a little glimpse at the... uh, all of uh, Aerith's letters that he has, uh, Sung has sealed. It's interesting that they kind of cut just to that shot. Um, cause I feel like they didn't need to really show it, but, um, uh, Reno's like, ah, so we're couriers now, uh, delivering packages to fugitives, huh? And I feel that reminds me a lot of like, uh, in, in I feel like in remake, didn't he have a similar line of like, it's like, oh, we're just some, you know, oh, I guess maybe during the play when he's like, oh, you know, this cheap ass play and all this stuff, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, is that what we are now? You know, screw this cheap ass play. <laughs> but uh yeah and then right after that we uh we see we get we actually are put back onto the back of the truck um that we saw that we see little glimpses of an og that scene of cloud and, and zach in the back of the truck and we saw a little bit in the last order 
That was actually the last scene of The Last Order. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, I think, because uh, we were talking about in that Last Order episode that there there was some changes that they made. And I think because in the at the end of Last Order, it seems like there's like a sniper or something that's going to take them out. Yeah. And, uh, and that would be a really lame. I feel like if, I think that was just a they, way to wrap up the at the animated. Yeah, thing. just be like yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, because in OG we see that you know uh, the uh, you know he has a, a couple of guys standing over him just fucking dumping bullets into him, and they keep that scene intact. Uh, yeah. By the way, I mean we don't see it, but we hear it. Um, and yeah, I, I this whole scene obviously we're about to go into the scene that everyone has seen from the end of remake, but uh, as you know, uh, I guess, you know, we see um, Zack and Cloud get, they get off the, the truck. He sends the truck, and, he, and I like how you can see Midgar in the distance. Yep. He just sends the truck back, and then he puts Cloud, I guess, behind, you know, this little rock for cover. And as he's leaving him there, and he turns his back and he's walking away, Cloud starts to regain consciousness. And he, you see it, we see from Cloud's perspective as as Zack's walking into the sunlight and he puts his hand up Reaches for him as he's like, no, Papa Zack, no. <laughs> um, and then from that point on, it is literally the same scene um, that we see in remake that they remade for, shot for shot, which man, I got to tell you still, like when I was watching it here, it reminded me so much of when I saw that scene in remake and I was and just what like, a rush. Holy fuck. <laughs> like my, I felt like my heart was going to explode out of my chest. Cause I was like, oh, I was expecting maybe a little nod or whatever. I was not expecting them to redo the entire scene. Um, and yeah, it, honestly, and I don't know. I mean, cause we still we've only heard the new voice actor for Zach say those lines. Uh, I still kind of like the way that it's done here. I like I like the Crisis Core voice actor better. Um, yeah, but but but, know, but he had he has more time to be into the role. Let's right, the yeah, it's like barring like you know we you know people were saying oh his voice sounds kind of funny and dorky in the remake and I'm like yeah it kind of does. Well, but he is a dork. That's why I don't really have yeah. a problem with it. Yeah, it's like I I I feel like it still fits his character, but I you know it's the same thing with any you know any other voice actor in a game. You know you get used to one voice and then if they you know like Persona Four for example, like the Chie had two different voice actresses. You know, and there was a, a one in original and that didn't come back for golden and that's a new voice actress. And I think they're both fine. You know, they all, they both have their own strengths, you know, and they still do a good job of portraying the character. So if the new Zach act uh, voice actor can do a good job of portraying him, I don't, I don't see any problem with it, but uh, yeah. So then we, we get to play through this whole fight, which uh, I like it thematically uh, in practice, it looks a little clunky and weird, um, and also, but I do gotta appreciate the um, 2D, <laughs> like PS2 crowd of uh, Shinra soldiers in the background, uh, and and the helicopters and stuff. Like it, it's it almost really good, like, like, a like fighting game background. Right? Yeah, it looks it's very it's very atmospheric, and uh, I I I really appreciate what they were trying to go for. But again, you know, it's a PSP game, so it's like you, they there are some certain technical limitations there. But uh, if they ever if they ever made a Final Fantasy uh, Warriors game, <laughs> this would be a perfect. I feel like would have been a perfect uh, scene for that. Um, and then another thing during this process, we are seeing that Zach is starting to remember 
all these, you know, as we're, you know, because as we go through the game normally, you know, we have the DMW, right? That is kind of the whole thing that is, you know, gives you buffs and levels you up throughout the entire game. And, uh, and a lot of other times it does show you, cause I guess it's connected to your memories of people and your bonds with people. Mm-hmm. So occasionally it will show you little vignettes of like little moments between these characters. Um, some of which are from the game and some of which I think are not shown in the game otherwise. Um, so that might be a fun thing one day to go back and, and sort of see some of those scenes if we can. And maybe, maybe there's more stuff in there. Maybe there's a whole other section of this game that we're not even aware of. Cause it was told exclusively, <laughs> exclusively through these uh, DMW, yeah, exactly. uh, cut scenes. But, um, so yeah, we see that Zach is, you know, kinda, I guess mulling over all of his connections with, uh, you know, we start with Sephiroth and then with Cisne and Sung and they show up on the the little roulette, and then they get, they kind of get whited out or something. Something happens, and they basically uh, disappear from the DMW. And and to 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 remember back in the very beginning when we're introduced to the DMW, it was you could still kind of see the silhouettes of people, but it was black. They were blacked out, right? And now they're whited out. I don't know if there's any significance with that. Um. But we were saying that, or you had said before that, like, this is Shinra tech and uh, maybe it's like Shinra disabling it for him. Yeah. You know? Like, they disconnected him from the network and it might be phasing its way he's out. he's too strong. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and it's, you know, again, you're like, the more you fight on. And it's like, to me, it's like, you know, a nice little narrative device kind of hooked in with the gameplay mechanic. You know, of like all this thing that you've been relying on and, you know, doing this thing is like now you, you can't use it anymore and it, or it's not doing anything useful for you anymore. Right. And, uh, you know, it's like almost like because my first initial thing was like, oh, he's like, you know, these are all he's remembering all of his friends and all of his bonds and how all of it's going away now because he knows that he's probably facing his death with yeah. well, he, he is it's like life flashing before your eyes sort of thing. right yeah and it feels like that and that's the x and it feel and it hits extra hard because you know you get uh you know angel and cloud and Aerith in one scene but Aerith doesn't go away until the very end and she's the last one where she gets all three of her head uh on the on the roulette wheel there mm-hmm. and uh that whole man that whole fucking scene it's too much man uh, it's too much and but hey guess what we're not done because <laughs> uh, then we get another kind of like passage of time it's like it's dark out now there's you know we definitely we see mid now the camera's facing the other way and we could see midgar in the distance and it's all dark and dreary and there's way less dudes around but he, zach is still fighting this whole time and then uh eventually uh, he gets, he gets bested and then, uh, not, and you know, I guess to be fair, cause I thought it was a little overkill for them to like, you hear the, you hear the gunshots and they, they, they light him up Oh like, yeah. and you, and you see him after the fact and it's like, they filled this dude filled with holes, but you got to remember, especially if, you know, when you think about last order, it's like, this guy was basically a superhuman. Yeah. No, and they had also, to, they had to light him up. Like they had to make sure that this dude was dead. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and as sad as it as it all was, it's like, yeah, I I, I see it. It was like a little excessive because I'm already kind of reeling emotionally from all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, really? You gotta you gotta like put you gotta shoot him like twenty times. 
But he's like, yeah, no, he just killed like a hundred of them, so they're probably a little, they're probably a little upset, to say the least. Oh, just a little, just a little bit. But um, yeah, as we, you know, that we fade out to black from that, and then we come back to our girl Aerith, who is now dressed in her Final Fantasy VII OG attire. Looking very she and uh, well, I guess she is older now. Actually, she is five years older now. So I was gonna say she this does look our, a little bit this more. This is our Aerith. Yeah, this is our Aerith now, and uh, she's in you know in the church tending to the flowers as she normally does. And then it starts raining, and she immediately stands up and starts looking at the sky. And did, and did this give you flashes to what it gave me flashes to? Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, what are you talking about, Advent Children or in remake? Both, but primarily remake. Yeah, when she said, "I missed the steel sky," and and because we I we did have this yeah we had this revelation before, because this, I thought of remake as soon as I saw this scene, but then the whole thing of like, oh, she misses the steel. She hates. She doesn't like when it rains because it reminds her of this day. Because obviously, I, I'm or I'm assuming what is happening here is that when she. There's a moment where, you know, she starts praying or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's almost like there's a moment where she's being told of what's going on, right? Yes. Because she, like, gasps, and then it cuts out to, now we're with Zack now. So uh, my interpretation is that the planet or whatever is telling her, hey, uh, your boy's about to die. Exactly, Um, exactly. And we talked about this in the pre-roll a little bit, and it's it's seen in the Final Fantasy VII universe that the planet has a way of communicating through water, right? You, yes. you see it You see what Barrett and Marlene at the end of Remake, and you see it mm-hmm. especially here at the end of Crisis Core. And that's why she kind of put her hands together to pray to almost kind of tap in to the right, message. Yeah, that's what, yeah, it basically is like, oh, what are you going to try and tell me? And then I think it really came around together when we thought, oh, yeah, wasn't wasn't um, Rain the thing that got rid of um, the Geo Sigma and Advent Children also? Yes. And it's like, oh, shit. Because the, fla- rain, the flowers need rain to grow. Yeah. And it's uh, so rain and, and nature and things of that is very much tied to like I didn't realize that was something that when we when we were discussing that in the pre-roll, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like that was something that was there the whole time. And I didn't even think about it once. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. And like, yeah, it all comes together and it makes sense. And that having that sort of thought process made me like re-excited of like, oh, they do know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they always knew what they were doing. They just didn't have the ability, I guess, maybe to do it or, you know. Well, it was, it was a lot harder right to tell time. stories than vid- through video games than it is today. You know, technologically right, yes, speaking. Absolutely. absolutely. But, you know, this totally explains why Aerith misses the steel sky at the end. Because, you know, yep. for someone like Aerith and who could tap into the tap into the planet more easily, mm-hmm. easily because she's an ancient, when it's raining, she must get an overload of of messages, memories, yeah, the whole, a whole bunch of things. And and remember when that before she says I I miss the steel sky, is when. You know, we have that moment of them passing. She's passing the 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 past. She Zach got and the cloud. message. Like so it's it's almost like she kind of felt like oh, it's like in that moment where you know they kind of maybe allude that like sh- she knows maybe possibly that Zach's alive and maybe through the rain coming down maybe that's when she realizes oh, like oh yeah, maybe he is alive. 
Oh, I think or she at got the very the least, message. it's reminding her of the day that he died. It's either you know? reminding her of the day that he died, but I feel like them passing each other is them almost kind of notice, sensing each other through the life stream. Right. That I always interpreted. I always interpreted it that way, and I, I was really hoping that it wasn't like, oh, this is just something you know, sim- cinematically, you know. It's only a cinematic thing and has no... And I'm like, eh, I don't know. And I think, it seems like... But I think the thing that doesn't get talked about is that after receiving the, that transmission, right, Zach is happy, but Aerith is mm-hmm. fucking terrified. Yeah, and that's yeah when she says, yeah, I missed the Steel Sky. Um, which is it makes me... And in the context of this revelation that we've had, where it was raining on the day that Zach died in the original continuity, right? And... It's just like it, it mm, like what does that mean? What does that mean that she was kind of still like oh, I miss it? Does that mean that oh ooh, I wonder if that's like a bait and switch too. It's where it's like maybe maybe nothing maybe actually nothing did change in their timeline and that is a different timeline. Mm, you know what I mean? I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm. I think I think I mean I hope that's not the case. Er- <laughs> but, you know. I hope so too. I think Aerith picking up that Zack is alive frightens her because she goes, oh, my God, how much changed? Maybe, If I yeah. can sense that he's here now, what what changed? Or that what he was else? there yeah, all and- along. It could be very possible that that wasn't something that changed and Zack was just alive all along. But it was only in this moment where the rain could reach her that she got the message. Mm, and then maybe. she's going, wait, so if he was alive this whole time, What's what's going on? Because remember, Aerith is very in the know in Remake. Yeah. It seems like at the end of Remake, she's no longer in the know. She gave up being in the know. That's what Killing yeah, Fate was when, all about. After Killing Fate, is like, yeah, we're on, uh, you know, now we're all on equal terms. Now we're equal footing now, so we, no one knows anything. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if she's like, oh, fuck, Genesis is back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! What does it mean? That's what she's so upset about. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really what she's upset. At. She's like, I missed the Steel Sky because when I had the Steel Sky, I didn't have to think about Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm just really stalling so I don't have to talk about <laughs> this next scene. Nope, it's all yours, buddy. Which is uh, yeah, um, yeah. So we cut back to. Our boy, uh, our boy Zach, literally uh, our Swiss cheese man. <laughs> That's what we're gonna call him, because <laughs> uh, he's uh, pretty bad. He's he's not looking too good. He's definitely um, and better. Then, yeah, we see Cloud is finally after all that fighting. He decided to now wake up, <laughs> and uh, you know, to be fair, he probably couldn't do. It. He probably couldn't move or whatever before. Um, not that he, I don't think he could have really done shit anyway. Honestly, I think he probably would have died himself. Um, but yeah, he comes over and we have our, our moment of Zach, who I got to say, Zach at this whole time, he looks very peaceful during all this. And I would, I wonder if that is just like, I, he know he, he's like, yeah, you know, I got shot 30 times and I'm about to die. So I can't really be upset about he's, it. Yeah. He's fatalist. <laughs> but, he's being a little fatalistic. Yeah, just like I think you know. he's just happy to see Cloud survived. I feel like that's a big part of it too. Yeah, so that he, you know, and, and I like how he, you know, he pulls, you know, he pulls him into his into his chest, and he's like, ah, you know, you got to live for the both of us, you know. Oh, if only and Zach then, knew how much he was fucking Cloud up right now. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then we see him. He gives him 
my honor and my dreams, he says, they're yours now. And he hands him over the Buster Sword. Literally the passing of the torch again. Yep. Which is kind of, this is almost, it, I, I want to go back and rewatch the Angeal scene where he passes away. Because I wonder if, I feel like it was very similar to this. Um, or at so. least in in tone, you know, it's very much obviously of like a passing of the torch kind of thing. But uh, this is like thirty times more sadder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Cl- uh, Cloud uh, says back to him, "You know, I'm I'm your living legacy." And as he says that, we see that uh, Zach is like, "Yes, okay, I can die now," <laughs> and then he does. And. Uh, Cloud screams up to the heavens as he remembers now everything. Because I feel like in that moment, you know, whatever grogginess or whatever kind of state that Cloud was in was finally over. He like, start, he's as, starting to come to. I don't really think... I honestly don't think Cloud really fully comes to until he gets back to Midgar. I think he's starting mm. to come to and is able to piece together what's going on. Because you got to remember how badly fucked up he was like Zach was able to take it because he was already a super soldier when he was put under cloud was just a normie yeah well I mean uh, to well to be fair is that he has this moment right and then you know we have our little j-pop outro and he's remembering Zach and all these other you know cutscenes and stuff and then it goes it goes back to him and he's you know the sun's coming out and uh, he says if you want to be you know if you want to be a hero you need to have dreams and Cloud goes, I won't forget. And then he gets up and then he walks away. Mm-hmm. And he, well, he says goodnight and then he walks away, which is a weird, a weird thing. So it seemed because initially, because I had not actually, I had not previously did not watch this this far before. Um, it seemed like before that it was like he was having this moment and there like the way that the camera and everything was looking is that he was like, it looked like he was going to like his mind was going to break. Right. Yeah. And or maybe who knows? Maybe this might be his like, you know, in his mind. Maybe he's like, yeah, I, I yeah, Zach, I will, I'll carry on your legacy. Meanwhile, in reality, he could just be sitting there like rocking back and forth, like what the fuck, what the fuck, you know. So we don't know. Well, maybe I'll maybe this tell is, you in the context of remake. This is where Cloud's, uh, you know, his mental separation begins at this point. I guess. Yeah. Well, in the context of remake, it's very peculiar that uh. Cloud's fully aware of that five-year gap. Yeah. Like, mm. like fully, fully. Mm. You know, I can, uh, a, guy, a guy can change in five years. <laughs> and Tifa, Tifa with the, huh? Hmm? Why would you huh? say that? Why would you say that? What are you talking about? Are you talking about that time when Sephiroth came and fucking murdered all of our families? <laughs> <laughs> and almost killed me and you and Zach? Uh, yeah, I... I Fuck man. <laughs> Fuck man. This whole right. uh, I, I I I'm just I want uh I I do like I do also like at the very end that he's like, you know, it looks he gets dragged into the sky by Angeal. That yep, very nice. And he says, nice little touch. Like, oh, it feels good because because remember he's in that last in the last episode we were, he had that scene where he's like, "Oh, those those wings." I want, you know, them, I want too. them too. And uh, he finally, he finally got those wigs. He finally got them. He got them. But like, here's the thing: is that all a part of like his becoming a guardian mm. of the planet? 
Mm. Was it all an audition? I don't know. Was it I mean, all at an the, audition? At the very end, at the very end, Zach asks us, "Do you think I became a hero?" Dude, that part—that's what got me. I, I no, held like, up. Oh, yes, I held are. up great throughout the whole thing. Like, I was sad. It's sad to watch. It's fine. But then when Zach says that line, that was it. I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, like yes, yes, you are, man. Of course, you're the hero. <laughs> you Zach. Totally are. And you know, and it's funny because with all these things, uh, you know, it, it's easy to understand why some people are sort of skeptical about the future of remake because of what the the beauty like this whole entire the the ending of this game is just fucking beautiful absolutely uh, from beginning to end um it, it's just a really solid way to really like hammer in you know hammer in clouds you know beginnings and to give life to this character who was just a few lines previously you know what i mean yeah exactly and uh, it, it it couldn't have ended off on uh, for for you know for a game of this that had so much like sort of weight on it already for being a prequel to you know one of the most popular video games of all time you know it's like there's a lot of ex- expectations riding on it and they fucking they stuck the landing as far as I'm concerned uh, everything about this game is better at the ending. Yeah, it seems literally like after after the Nibelheim incident, things really start things really start looking up after, <laughs> after Nibelheim. Um, which I mean, I wonder. It's almost like uh, I don't know. It's almost like they didn't know what to do. It seems like they wanted this game to be like they wanted to tell they wanted to retell the Nibelheim incident story from you know zach's perspective and that but of course but in order to do that we need to get a little backstory on zach which you know i guess is like the first half of the game is like you know us getting you know hey zach hey what's going on and like now you got to be a real boy zach and go out there and fight fight the evil boy mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh you know it, i don't know it's it definitely seems like especially yeah in this in it definitely in this last part where we're you know we went from hating Genesis to being like, he's could potentially be a really interesting character. Oh yeah. And you know, for most of the game kind of almost seemingly having nothing to do with the overall story. Um, they still at the very end, they come, you know, it comes, you know, fully, you know, there's definitely some things that are, you know, a little odd, like the whole Lazard thing's kind of weird, but again, this is all barring, that this stuff isn't explained in some other part of the game that we weren't able to see. Um, but yeah, I, I, man, what, what I can say though, is that this, as far as all the compilation material that I have ingested, uh, the crisis core is absolutely the best. Easily. I would say easy. I mean, advent children are close. I wouldn't say a close second because it's a movie and this is a full fledged game, but Mm. This really this this is something that makes OG better. Yes, just just by you know this is literally the best thing that you could do with a prequel is add more context for the original, right? And this did that this did that in spades. And some sometimes you know it went a little, eh, but you know I think ultimately it is it has been emboldened. You know this is something that you know there's a reason why people have been wanting to you know, see this, see Zach, see this game be re-released to just want to see more of this is because there, there's, I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you exactly what it is, but, um, I think just though the way that they wrote these characters, there's just something really, uh, special about them, you know? 
and something now, you know, and back then, I think, because back then, you weren't, a lot of games weren't doing this kind of stuff. Not at all. That This is the kind of stuff that drove us into the series to begin with. Right. And it's like, you know, it, 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 it seemed like this game kind of, I feel like it, it being like a PSP game kind of probably hurt it a little bit, but like it all on the same, on the same way, it also kind of is perfect for that kind of a thing. Little, yeah. Um, no, I hear you. At least from a gameplay perspective, it makes more sense. But you know, from it, I feel like it kind of overall maybe suffered a little bit just cause, uh, you know, the limitations and things like that. But even even in spite of those, it's still a really compelling story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we know most of the cast going into it already, but, um, you know, what they what they added to the newer characters is good, and what they've, with returning characters, it all seems perfect for me, you know? Like, seeing, you know, if, if you know, if Sung ends up being, you know, if he's pulling the, the wool over our eye, uh, sorry, our eyes, now and he's actually is like this actually sweet and caring kind of dude uh in in the new in remake like yeah i i would love to see that i would love to i don't want sung to be uh, just a fucking you know heidegger level fucking (laughs) yucking it up bad guy (laughs) you know like because we already have heidegger we already have that we don't need we don't need another one of those we don't need and i mean the other shinra executives are already kind of like that Uh, i'll I'll save from uh our boy there. Fucking, uh, God, I can't remember his name now. Who, who's the other? Which other? Uh, not, not Palmer and not Scarlet. Palmer, Scarlet, Heidegger, um, there's the pres- <laughs> President Shinra, there's Hojo, I think you have the, everyone. The guy- and then there's, no, uh, no. what's his name, who, uh, Architecture. Yeah, kind of on our infrastructure side. guy. Yeah, that guy. He's escaping me right now. <laughs> Director Tuesty. Our... Director Tuesty. Yes, Reeve. Reeve. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Whew. Sorry, yeah, I think we back, we almost back. had to we almost had to cancel this podcast and <laughs> fucking delete all the episodes. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think I I I love I love this game a lot. Uh, I I would love to see them re-release it uh, and make it more easily available for people to play because I feel like there's a lot of people that maybe skipped on it because it was a PSP game, you know, and not, not everyone owned a PSP, clearly. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, I feel like this game needs to be, it needs to be reintroduced. And maybe, you know, throughout, you know, through remake and stuff, they are going to bring a lot of that stuff back in. And maybe that instead of doing a remake of Crisis Core, they're just going to recontextualize it within the greater narrative as we've kind of been saying all along, which is the perfect opportunity for them to, if they've completely, they're leaving themselves a blank slate to do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, as, as many dumb things as there are in this game, uh, I still overall appreciate it a lot. And, um, it definitely, for me back in the day made me appreciate as we, like you said before, it made me appreciate the original a lot more. Um, and you know, I, it's still, even as much as I love it, and it, I'm still excited for where Remake's going to go, you know? I think, I, I think, think Remake has a unique opportunity to recontextualize so much of this and make it better. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, Zach, you know, Zach's a really good character. 
and uh, maybe they were like, "Fuck, we made him too good of a character, so we have to <laughs> we have to bring him back now." What? But uh, I, I I feel like I'm rambling too much, so I'm going to let you <laughs> have uh, have your your closing arguments here, sir, because we're the game is over, by the way. Yeah, if and you couldn't we, guess, we've, we've reached the end. If of Zach it. being yeah. dead, if Zach being dead didn't uh, give it away, let us just make it clear: this is the end of the game. Um, this is the end of the game. This is a game, made it, folks. I will say, I never had a PSP. This is a game I really wish I could have played back in the day, because mm-hmm. I don't think I, I became aware of it around the time I was, I don't know, thirteen, fourteen. When did this game come out? Uh, I think it was 2006, Let me get it right. 2004, Let me get something this like that. Right. Crisis Core came out 2007. Oh, 2007. First release right? yeah, 2007. I, yeah, because I, I remember. So I was 15. And I remember, and this was, it's so funny because it's like dawn of a new age kind of shit. I remember being 15, the game came out, and I didn't have a PSP. There was no way to play it, and therefore there was no real way to actually know anything because mm-hmm. you know what that game because youtube had only been out for a year only at this point just begun and if i recall the first time i got to see what happened in crisis core i think it was my senior year of college or my freshman i mean my senior year of high school or my freshman year of college it might have been the summer in between it wasn't until many years later like three years later that i actually got to see the cut scenes because they finally were put on YouTube in like glorious yeah. 360p. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, that was that was top shelf. That back was Chris back in the day, let me tell you. But you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like every time I come back to it, I'm a few years older and I'm able to kind of understand it even more and more. Right. Yeah. And you could. That's that's what I love. That's what I love. Just sorry to cut you off there. That's what I love about growing older is that we can kind of go back to these things that you know, we experienced and played and and whatever in our childhoods and can look upon them with a new lens. You know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. It's what part of what makes going back to this so rewarding is like, I come away. I like, it's so funny. I'm on the campaign of Cisnay for remake. I'm pretty sure the first two times I watched this, I probably didn't care very much. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But now I'm able to grasp her. Now I'm just like, yeah, we do need Sisney like, yo, back. She, no, she's our fucking eye in the sky, our inside woman. We need her if we're going to make this work. But anyway, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too off on the tangent there. <laughs> um, I, lo- I, th- I love this. I think it's incredible. I think it puts... It puts Zach at center stage, and it's where it's where he belongs, which is why if he's going to be back in Remake, I'm not saying to make him the main playable character. This is Cloud's story. No. He has to be the main. But I really hope we do get to spend some time with Zach. I hope that bringing yeah. him back doesn't mean, hey, he's back for a bit. I hope that they – I'm not saying don't kill him. I think it would be great if he had a sacrificial end. I like the idea that him and Aerith Oh, become, for sure. Yeah. I like the idea that him and Aerith become the guardians of the planet. That's something I hope they keep. But I hope that they really give us adequate time with the character. And I really, really hope we get a Zack and Aerith reunion. That I mean, that because that, I mean, I feel like at the very, very least, we could probably expect that. Because why else would you bring back that character? I don't, I don't know. I don't that. know, Chris. Why else would you bring back Luke, Leia, and Han and not have the three oh, of them reunite? Oh, no, stop. Uh, sometimes they fuck it up, man. But you know what? I have faith. I have faith. <laughs> Unlike Disney, 
who I, I do not have faith in, or previously did not have faith in. I know, I, I still don't. Um, <laughs> I, it, it, hey, you know what? Final Fantasy Remake is The Mandalorian. Well, let's just hope, you know, nobody gets fired. No. Yeah, I, well, that, I I don't think so. I feel like because well, it went so well. Well, video games are great because you don't have to deal with physical actors. <laughs> yeah, it, for, well, keeps, dep- keeps it controversy on a lowdown. You know what I mean? Like, Cloud Strife's <laughs> not going to get canceled, knock on wood. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, uh, well, I think here's the thing is I think, you know, just to, I don't, this doesn't really a, a, apply to anything, but. I feel like video game voice actors uh, don't exactly have the same... I think they have maybe a little bit more reverence for their positions. Yes. You know, and they're very grateful for the work that they do. And, and you know, because every voice actor that I've ever seen or met um, has been super humble, super nice. I mean, obviously there's some people that that aren't or whatever, not as... I'm sure there's a voice actor homely. in the Crisis Core cast that's kind of a scumbag, but we're not going to talk sure. about that. But like, hey, all the people that were doing stuff on remakes seem like really good people, you know. Brianna White and uh, Austin, Austin, uh, I forgot. Austin Lee Austin Matthews. Matthews. He does Rose. Yep. Yeah. And all the guy John, uh, like John, John. I want to say John Henry, but I don't know. Uh, the guy who did Barrett as well. Yeah. Um, they all seem like really good, solid people. So. You know, and they all seem like they care about the 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 thing. So it's. I think we'll be okay. I don't know why we're. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't, I don't know. I was like, well, oh, we, maybe we I really don't... spiraled off the the closing. We did spiral here. off there because we're 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 at the end of the game and it's kind of like, I want to try and make sure we get everything in there, but you I know, think, of I course... think we did. I think we did. Look, at the end of the day, you know, we don't know where we remake lo- is going, which is which is you know that's part of the fun, but I do think but that if anything can from Crisis Core. If anything from Crisis Core should be brought back, and if anything from Crisis Core should be doubled down on, my vote is for Angeal. I think if you really mm-hmm. want to further contextualize the journey of Final Fantasy VII inside one canon, you need to make time for Angeal mm-hmm. and establishing that as the legacy of the Buster Sword. Yep, and then you know, but I mean, if you really want to, if you really want to keep it, um, you need to bring Cisne back. I mean, for first, I mean, Zach can't Clearly. do it without Cisne. We can't. All this would be for nothing if Cisne doesn't come back. It's so, true. It's true. Uh, if Cisne is not in the next part of remake, or in that, you know, I will, I will hold it out until the very end. If she, if she never shows up at any point, maybe if she doesn't show up in the next game, but maybe if there are multiple, if there's a game after this next one, if she doesn't appear in any part of remake, uh, this, this was all a mistake, and I'm sorry. <laughs> That we all we all wasted your time, uh, <laughs> no, no. But uh, I, honestly, I, I just one last thing I want to say is that I think it says a lot that this game came out in 2007, and I was uh, just just starting my junior year of high school at that time. It was just um, it just got my first car around that time, and this soundtrack of this game was the first thing that I played in my car, hey. um, which is pretty funny. And that, you know, we're, I really suck at math today, 10 plus years. <laughs> um, Four, 14, game is, 14, 13, 14 years, years okay. what you're looking for. Almost half of my life has passed since this game came out. 
Um, and I still think about it on a regular basis, even before we were doing this, even before Remake came out. Um, this game is, uh, it's a really good game. And I think, you know, if people, um, if you have a chance to come across a, if I, I don't know if you're going to get a physical copy of it or if, if, if you want to emulate it or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I highly recommend that you do. Um, and at the very least, you know, if, if you've been listening to us this whole time and you haven't been watching the cutscenes, I highly recommend that you do that. Um, and I think this game just needs to be experienced in some way or another besides just us hearing us talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I encourage anyone to, at the very least, go watch the cutscenes. They're very yeah, enjoyable, the very least, and Zach, yeah. Zach wins you over no matter what. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I, I it's I, I'm gonna kind of miss talking about it actually. So I'm I hope that more Crisis Core stuff gets put into remake so that we can kind of talk about, you know, Zach and Sisney and all these other characters again. Um, because I, I I'm I'm gonna miss talking about these characters and all the uh all the shenanigans that they get up to but um i don't know if there's any i don't know if there's any other final thoughts you want to put onto this but um, i'm ready to uh put the stamp the 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 ending stamp on this well if you would be so kind as to count wonderful. it down oh sure absolutely three two one Ha, 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 ha.